This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 573, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now, enter code iFanboy at checkout to get a free post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code iFanboy. And I have listeners just like you. Explode. 
Welcome to iFanWay Pick of the Week, episode 573. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm with my co-host, Ron Richards. Hi, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. Hello. We're going to dial it down a notch. We're going to dial it down many notches. Yeah. We'll get low and slow. <laughs> we are a fanboy. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call that the Pick of the Week. We just, we just switched to the overnight shift. <laughs> this is 104.7 Smooth Jazz. One of the reasons I like to start off my late night is a little Sade. <laughs> we talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, maybe even if we have some time, some listener mail. It'll be fun and sexy. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Exercise some caution. This week, it's pretty amazing. For the first time since we've been doing it, the patron pick was also the pick of the week. This was something that, that I was just waiting for the day that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen when we launched this. Well, it had to happen eventually. Yeah. So what, we've been doing this now for f- like five, six months? Yeah. Right? So uh, I thought it would happen sooner, to be honest with you. So if you want to be a patron, who gets to choose a book to be on the show? Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Those people voted. They voted in the same book that Josh picked as the pick of the week. What? right crazy that's true the pick of the week is the old guard number one from greg rucka and leandro fernandez you may recognize that team from i want to say the third or fourth arc of queen and country somewhere around there. the arc that was notoriously maligned yeah it, well i was yeah the noses which well, i never minded and now in retrospect i mind even less the fact is you know what i really like that greg rucka's working with him mm-hmm. because his style almost seems at odds with the aesthetic that Greg Rucka has. That is true. Leandro Fernandez is polarizing. Sure. That's worth noting, is that he draws in a very stylized way. The men he draws tend to have a very stylized look. I've noticed the ladies don't have that look. They're always sexy. But the men tend to look odd, and I kind of like that. I kind of like that they look odd. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, to quote Nigel Tufnell, he's sexy, he's not sexist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, 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 literally, like, he's got all the earmarks here. Uh, what was that last book that he did with Pete Mel- Milligan from Vertigo? And it was like, it was TNA all over the place. It was just, there was fucking in it for no reason. And there's a little of that here. There's a gratuitous butt shot on, you know, page one, two, three. You know, like, there's a bunch of that because that's what he does. And it's one of those things like, you know, he draws sexy. Uh, you know, he, he just does. And I, I like that Rucka isn't shying away from that. Because it works in this context. So basically what you've got here is a story of apparently uh, immortals who are, uh, at this point in history, a special ops sort of covert team. And they, you know, do black ops kind of jobs. But they've been around fighting for a long time. But they just look like normal folks. uh, And they're real tough. They get suckered into a job here that looks like they're going to go help some kids out because they're trying to do the right thing. But it it turns out that it was not as planned. I mean, I guess my, my attraction to this was... I've I've missed Greg Rucka a little bit, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. This felt like a Greg Rucka book. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of story, you know, normally I would be like, oh, you have to have the supernatural element to it, fine, whatever. But it still felt like those queen and country ops kind of stories that he's written comics and novels about. And he's really, really good at that. And I like that he can do that sort of macho stuff, but then underneath it, there's a whole other thing going on uh, with what he's trying to say and his thought process. And I think that he's actually been flexing his, you know, like the idea of what it is that he does for quite a while. And some of it I've liked and some of it I haven't. I haven't really. I, I dropped off Wonder Woman. Lazarus is great, but I feel like I don't see it that often anymore. Yeah. 
And even that's a little different. That doesn't feel like these. This, I mean, honestly, this felt a little like reading Queen and Country. And I'm not going to tell you that that isn't part of the attraction to it. Like, you well, know, some wells you can go to. Yeah, because that's the thing is because, you know, because Lazarus, as great as it is, still has that future vibe. You know, I mean, it's not a world that we necessarily can relate to. Right. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. But this this felt, even though it has more of a while Lazarus is lacks any supernatural element, but has more near future science fiction elements hard to it. Fiction. Yeah, hard. You know, this could be you know is here and now, with the exception of who these characters are. So I you know I think that's the subtle difference between these, and I actually found this to be more relatable than Lazarus to a certain degree. I can see that. I can totally. Yeah. See. This is almost like a, it's like a mashup of Warren Ellis and Greg Rucka in a story. Yeah. But the fact that he brought along, you know, Fernandez, that's what put me there. If that person hadn't drawn this, I don't know that it would have felt so familiar. But, I mean, it really made me miss Queen and Country. I, there hasn't been another book like that, and that book was flawless. Uh, Nothing has filled those shoes. To me, the thing that sets us apart is the immortal ennui. And it's not a new idea, but sure. I love the opening sequence in that the main character, she is super bored of being immortal. Yeah. Right. She is unhappy and she fills her days with anonymous sex and with violence because what else is there to do? And then not just that they're immortal, they're also invincible. And we see that in the fight where they all get shot right. up and then they immediately heal right away and go back to fighting. So there's four of them and there's it's three men and a woman. They're all immortal and they, they're this black ops team. The men seem perfectly fine. We don't know that yet. We haven't seen them as much as the woman. I don't know their names yet. It's only one issue. They seem perfectly fine to be living their lives. I won't know and, their names in six issues. Yeah, and doing whatever they're doing. She's sick of it. And that, to me, is the interesting dynamic of this. And you're right. Mm-hmm. You take away the immortal part. It's just a bunch of black ops mercenaries going to rescue some girls that have been kidnapped. And it felt very much Queen and Country like that. But I loved Leandro Fernandez's art. I, re- I remember not liking it initially on Queen and Country, but I came around to it in the end. And rereading it now, I like it. This was classic... Greg Rucka. This felt classic. I mean, Lazarus does to an extent, but this feels like it in a way that certainly Wonder Woman doesn't feel like it. And there's nothing else I think he's writing that I know of. I like this a lot. Well, yeah, this, I mean, this is more up your guys' alley than my alley because, like, while, while I appreciated Queen and Country, I, it wasn't devout, you know, in any degree that you guys were, but, uh, you know, I appreciate it for the, the craft of it. But holy cow, did Fernandez blow me away in this issue. There's a couple of pages, like there's the page where, where with the sniper rifle, like yeah. the close the close up on the eye. There's a double page spread of the walk off the helicopter, right? Yeah. Like it, it, there's some pages in here, that, and the entire action sequence at the end, I was like, wow, th- okay, this guy, I get it. We talk about using canted angles and different dynamic, yeah. uh, you know, panel layouts to make that action sequence really work. Yeah. Well, look look yeah. at that page uh, where she approaches. And you know what there's a lot of in here? There's a lot of Frank Miller in here. Like really good 300-era yes. yes. Frank Miller. That first page just screams it. When she approaches yeah. the the team who are sitting at the table eating lunch, you know, and the, she has like light beams, like sunbeams sort of cutting across her face. Mm-hmm. Um, This is on page like five or six or something like that. Yeah. That's wonderful. And so like he's a guy who when I see his name, I hunt it down. The problem is that the stories haven't always – they don't usually like like grab me the same way. Like I want to see his art, but usually the stories aren't art. So that's kind of just what I'm there for. He's a great storyteller. He uses all these blacks. It's sort of like a highly stylized. It's almost like a European Chris Somney. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's it's just a little more stylized and a little more exciting. Exciting is not the right word because that that would indicate that Chris Somney's isn't. It's definitely like got that kind of vibe to it. Chris Somney also from Queen and Country. <laughs> it's a little stylish. More yeah. stylish. <laughs> Story wise, it's great. There's two. 
interesting things that happen at the end. I won't spoil because even though yep. we gave you the warning, it's it's a book that everybody's read. The reason for the mission is there's a twist on that, and then there's a reveal on the last page that's also is going to be interesting. I'm excited for this. I, it wasn't really on my radar. I mean, I, I saw a Greg Rucka book no. coming out, and I was like, okay, I'll definitely be reading that. But now I'm like, when the next issue comes out, I'm going to be very excited to read it. So that's fun. I like having a new book where I feel that way. And yeah. Fernandez is fast. He's not going to get behind. It's like they're going to they're get this done. And so um, it's 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 interesting though going back to the fact that because you know because honestly I was surprised that you made this the pick Josh I mean it makes sense now and uh, after I read it and seeing it and all that sort of stuff and I, there was a couple other books that I thought were would be in the running but the fact that you picked it as well as the patrons you know it goes back we joke about you know pick a book we're not going to read make us read something else but like I, I wonder you know that's evidenced by the excitement around a Rucka book that is of this ilk you know in in this kind of Queen and Country esque kind of world yeah. I I mean I didn't know anything about it so. Right. I mean, I, I didn't even know it was coming when I saw the title. I didn't know what it was. And I, you, you are right. There were other books that I could have made the pick of the week. It was yeah. a like good week for that. I it was. It was. It was actually like the hard part was just was picking one of them. Um, I, I had a lot of good things. I, I will have a lot of good things to say. Last week was uh, rough. Well, it was a bitch fest. Was rough. But this week is going to be the opposite. I think. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. So, what did you guys think of the Belfry, which is the written and drawn by Gabriel? Hold Hart. on. Yep. It's a patron pick. Oh, oh, ratings. you're right. Oh, Josh, yeah, it throws oh, us ratings. Wow. Only we All did right. this later in the show. Ratings. 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 4.5. I'm going to go 4.5. I am going to a third that, 4.5. Since you made it the pick of the week, shouldn't by law, is yeah. it, it, should it be a five? I'm gonna, the five is pretty fucking sacred. What is a five? Let's step back. Uh, let's take a uh, step back. Give me, a, yeah, give me a, any an issue that is a five in your world. Batman and Robin. Why wow, going uh, back to Morrison and Quietly, huh? Morrison and Quitely, I think number one or, or in two. I think those yeah. there's three issues. You I would think all say you loved this issue because that to me is the five stars, like the Netflix scale. There's stuff that's better, but in the context of the there's you know historically there's stuff that's better, but in the context of the week it was it was the best one that I read. I mean it wasn't it's not quite historic. Maybe the second issue will blow everyone away. I I find I find lately like I'm very dubious about first issues. Okay, fine, but in this instance you wouldn't say you loved this issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it, but I, it's not legendary. <laughs> well, then, that, okay. I mean, Connor, you know what, what, like, is, what, what is a, what is a five book for you? It was five, a number. We're gonna talk about an, one an later issue. in the show. Oh, okay, great, interesting. Wow. All right, then. wow. See, okay. I would be like that that Joe Kelly issue of Action Comics. That's also a five. I can yeah, love, like, I love like, many things. I've got an open heart. My heart is big. The room for many. It is. I just I think my scale is a little like to get that five. You've really got to you got to get into the the upper right. echelons. Yeah, for me, a five book would probably like Uncanny X Men two seventy four. All right, stop being ridiculous, everybody. Are you sticking with it or not? Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm sticking with it. Yes, that issue of uh, Scalped. They got the pick of the week Fuck's instead sake. of Blackest Night. That's a fucking that's a, five. That's a five. All right, fair enough. The Belfry, written drawn by Gabriel Hardman. It's a one shot horror story that uh, he did to take a break from Invisible Republic. What do we think? Oh, I love this. I thought this was going to be pick of the week. Do you know Josh at all? No, I know, right? I know, yes. I, I guess not. I mean, the thing is, I don't like horror either, but as a genre exercise, I thought sure. this was wonderful. This is like respecting Gabe as a storyteller who you know has such a great cinematic feel or whatnot. Just the the layouts and the angles he took with this, and all, and it's just a little one little one shot. It doesn't. It's like it's almost like a mini. You know, it's like a short film, and to a certain degree, um, that's what I liked best about it. Right, and I, I, and I, I don't mean this the wrong way, but I, I, I'm like, it was contained. It was I don't have to. This world is awesome, and I don't have to wallow in it longer than I want to. Right, you know, it was a very like 
quick beginning and a quick ending, and we got our glimpse into this world, and we moved on. And then, you know, that was made even better by reading about sort of where it came from and how he wanted to do it. I just really liked it as a short story aspect. We just don't read enough of those. Right. And I think the economy of space in, you know, that, that it's limited to a small page count and, you know, minimal dialogue and all this sort of stuff. Like, I like I get what it is. Like, it's something that he did as a as a distraction. I don't think he even meant to release it. I mean, it's cool that Image is publishing. It. I'm not I wasn't surprised to see that. But he had printed some up just to have on the con circuit. Right. And had it at conventions and then and then decided to, to make it available, which I'm glad he did. I just like that from a craft standpoint. I don't know. I thought I, I thought it was wonderful. I respected it more than I liked it because I'm not it's not really a kind of story I'm into. Yeah. I respected it for what it was. But if it was a series, I wouldn't be reading the second issue just because yeah. I'm not into this kind of story. Oh, yeah. But I don't see it. I, I, like there was no I didn't I didn't get a sense of, oh, I want to know what happens next. My point is like, yeah. you know. It was well done, but it's a kind of stories I'm not really into, so I can't sure, say yeah. I you know, was, yeah. was over the moon for it. That's a wonderful jazz album. Not a big jazz fan. Yeah. But right, you know, yeah, it looks exactly, great because exactly. you know, it's nice to see sort of a rougher, raw, you know, Hardman on the page. I love seeing his brush strokes. Like, yeah. I love seeing, like, you can actually see where the bristles of the brush went and left the yeah. ink and his figure drawing and, and how dynamic those sort of poses are and the posture. And the stuff that's going on, the sort of reveal of the captain with the stick in his eye. Oh, yeah. Now he's just sort of sitting there in the, in the mood. Like it was, it was mood. There's a lot of really cool comic book things going on here, too. Yeah. A little overwrought. Question for you. If you got a stick in the eye like that, would you want to be dead? Or would you be okay with being alive, but you have a stick in your eye? I think I'd handle Ooh. it a lot like that guy. Yeah, like he was. I think that guy's in denial. He's like, well, I, well, I think I want to. I'd, I'd want to <laughs> be alive. I think I wouldn't rather be dead. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna be in a bad mood <laughs> for a while. For a couple of years. For a while. Oh, sure. It's gonna be. I'm gonna be grumpy for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you realize I don't have stereo vision anymore, at right. the least. Right. Astro City Forty One would have been my pick, and to me, this is a five star book. Me too. Agreed. I. Loved, I, I was shocked it wasn't the pick. I loved every second of it. it yeah. It's the. 100th issue of Astro City, if you take all of his different volumes into account. In the back, in the single letter page that he gets now, he outlines how they got to 100. So if you haven't read, I thankfully, I'm like, yep, read that, read that, read that. So I've read it all. But it's it's a great little checklist to go back and, and make sure you've read everything. It's a double-sized issue. Yep. Goes back to the history of Astro City, how it came to be named Astro City and why and the who the astronaut is. I, this was fantastic. This was this was I was reading this last night and I was like I had to contain my my giggles in just how wonderful it was because you got you got Brent Anderson back on pencils in like full Brent Anderson quality mode. Yeah. Right. And good I don't Brent know. If it's, yeah. I mean, this was good Brent Anderson. You know, it, it, this is all told uh, from the perspective of a, of a councilman who then becomes mayor of the city. And I enjoyed right out of the gate. You've got them in city council in the 30s complaining about the wops up in Derbyville and the mix in the sweatshop. And God knows what's happened in Bakerville. They're bringing in dope. They're running girls. They're running numbers. They're running protection rackets. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then not only that, but then you get a Howard Hughes, Tony Stark-esque yeah. Character who I've at this point I don't know if he's ever seeded anything or ever mentioned him before, but I'm like this guy is amazing, and it basically outlines you know how Astro City got to change his name from Romaine Falls to Astro City, and you know continues the mythology of this comic book, and it just like talk about the perfect story for the hundredth issue. Yes, it's just amazing. My only. Only question about it, Connor. Yeah. Well, Here we go again. Two questions. 
There's the page where everyone's turning against the astronaut. Uh-huh. And the Sandman guy Shows is up. there. Yeah, I didn't know what that means. The fourth wall-breaking character who talks to us directly is extorting us and pointing to the yeah. previous page. So I don't know what that means. Clearly something important is happening on that page, which may be coming back later on in the series. Yeah, this purple man who looks like uh, who's, uh, Neil Gaiman-y, Sandman-y yeah. or whatever, you know, he's been popping up here and there for the last you know year or so. So I think it's building towards something. So I'm just curious to see what the tie-in of this. It was just kind of like it, it caught my eye, and I, but then I moved on. And this story is just – I just – I, I, I uniform on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's that – like that – that's the interesting clue. Like he's got oh, the he, uniform on. No, he's wearing the Astro City logo. Yeah, but it's which, the same the logo astronaut. on the right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So is that him? Did he just but get a horrible going haircut? On, what's going on on the page? Previous before it's the girl getting uh, attacked by the aliens, and then the zoot suit guy saving her. Yeah, who knows? We'll find out. I mean, I, yeah. I spent a good five minutes trying to figure out what was going on, and then moved on. All right. But to me, that was okay because again, it ties into the overall mythology yeah, the of what's art. happening. The art. Yeah. yeah. Every time you think that there's no more. For him to mine in the, in yep. this world, he goes back to and he finds something new. And I thought this was so good. It's really funny because looking back on Astro City, Astro City is really everything great there is about. Like Kurt Busiek gets everything that's great about comic books, and it's not done in a way that is like, oh well. The, like there are you know the the Superman or Batman pastiche, or you can you can you know the Fantastic Four, you could draw that, but it's become its own thing. Mm-hmm. Way it's it's way outshine the tropes that he that originally appeared as I thought at least. But I while feel. still but, being like, he's he's not being postmodern. No, he's being very like traditional. He's not. It's very traditional. It's not clever, and I mean clever in the bad sense. He's like, not winking no at us, winking. going, "I know this yes. is stupid, but we're doing it." Like it's, it's it's he loves this and he embraces it fully, which is why I think I love it yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 almost completely without irony. The stories are certainly without irony, but, but like you know, you've got whatever those guys are the the bundeters who are on little <laughs> mini flying tanks. Like right. it's funny, but it's not making fun no, of. No, it's it's so Silver Age. I mean, that's yeah. You would have seen that. John Broom would have done that. That fucking design is genius. That design should get an Eisner. <laughs> Robert Kaniger would have done this. <laughs> yeah, and I think I love that. I, I don't need people to point out that this is silly. Everyone knows this is silly. Just embrace it. it doesn't feel it. I loved how meaty this was, you know, especially these days with the 20 pages we get in our single issues. It tends to feel short. And this, as being double-sized, really felt like a nice-sized. This is a great way to celebrate your 100th issue. I like the story. idea that like it was on like he'd had this for a long time like he was like oh and and a hundred will tell you where you got the name from he was there so we've yeah. never met the astronaut before I don't think so I don't think so I think this I mean, is like, yeah we met we, Howard Hughes but right yeah we met Tony Stark but yeah really interesting yeah good stuff good yep. stuff indeed that's four and a half too <laughs> that's a that's a five that's a five that's a five okay. easy fair enough Spider Woman seventeen I, I want to keep bringing this up because I really really love this series. And sort of the longer it goes on. So at first there was the thing where he was just doing all this great stuff about parenthood because Jessica had had this baby and that was kind of like, wow, I've never seen this in a comic before. And he's moved on to sort of prove that he doesn't like that doesn't need to be the crutch of the series. Like that's not the one thing that he's got going for him with these characters. And this really interesting sort of triumvirate of um, Jessica and Ben Urich and Roger the porcupine. Sounded (laughs) odd saying that. So a couple of issues ago, Roger was seemingly killed. And it was actually a really touching, heartfelt sort of thing where because it was a character who had been a villain, but then you'd come to like him and he became, you know, Jess's partner and then her babysitter, basically. And he was just sort of a big part of her life. And it, it turned out that uh, in the course of doing the right thing, he pissed off the hobgoblin 
who he had a contract with, and the Hobgoblin killed him. But now it turns out that he wasn't actually dead because it's comics. And I, at first I was almost like, am I annoyed at this? And I was like, no, I don't want him to be dead, so it's fine. Like, it was super comic booky. Mm-hmm. There was a little while, and I think that Bendis was doing it, where, where he had brought back Spider-Woman as a character. And what's her last name? Jessica? Drew. Oh, Drew. Drew. Okay, I was going to say Drake. I knew that wasn't right. He'd brought her back as a character. And, and for a little while, she was almost indistinguishable from Carol Danvers. Like, their personalities were really similar. And, like, they were friends and they were together. But, like... And I really feel like like Hopeless is, is created a thing here where I know who she is on her own in this world. And she's super interesting like that. Like her – it's one of those times where like they changed her classic costume and this one is so much better. You know, it's sort of fitting whoa, who whoa, she Whoa, 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 There well, it is. All-time it's great that. costumes you're talking about. It, it, is, is great, but, it is a great costume. But it is dated. It, I could see that. It's true. And it does – but it doesn't fit with this interpretation of the character. Yeah. It, like this one works not necessarily i'm not I'm not gonna go with the glasses so much you know i like the art on it it's veronica fish and uh rochelle rosenberg on colors like it it just looks it looks great it's super fun to read i really like these characters and i know we talk about stuff like power man and iron fist as being some of the best books at marvel this is one of the best books at marvel right now and we're 17 issues in it looks like we've got at least at least a handful to go with this part it's uh, quietly it's quietly one of those like like you're yeah. you're right i mean it's fantastic the, the, i think hopeless has done a great job on this book but it's also it's like quietly and consistently going and continuing that, that and veronica fish i think is great is art yeah. is great so yeah I, I, you're right I, I i second that it's one of the best books they got going in that well, in that small list of good marvel books this is on it yeah well and i think it's like you don't necessarily read it and go man that's a great book you will go 17 issues in you go this has been a great book like it's it's different than that hit you over the head thing so it's not a five either but overall the series is very (laughs) so now we're just gonna we're just gonna make we're just gonna compare to see if everything is a five or not (laughs) i'm just the next time a real five comes up i'm gonna let you know i well i'm just conscious of it because if because if you make something the pick of the week and it's not a five i I, throws the whole thing out of whack i just want to understand there's no understand what you are asking if there's a curve by week and i'm saying for me there's not Listen, let me ask you, if if one is Electro <laughs> and ten is Batman and Robin number three, where does Spider-Woman fit on that scale? Um, I don't know which metaphor I'm supposed to use here. There's if, several choices. If one is Electro and ten is All-Star Superman and Batman and Robin is an eight, but the Rhino is a three... This is um, <laughs> this is not on. as good as the Gotham Central, Ooh. where the Joker shows up. All right, under that. All right. <laughs> While we were gone on holiday break, Supergirl being super came out, and it, it's a little confusing what this is. Yeah, because DC doesn't market Elseworlds books anymore, but it's basically a Supergirl Elseworlds, somewhat in the same vein of as Superman American Alien, but not. But it's in that way in that it's a retelling of a classic hero the first issue was all about meeting supergirl on her 16th birthday in a small town in the midwest no apparent connection to superman as of yet just her and her two friends in high school and she has her powers it's not about finding her power she's had them since she was a kid and it's just sort of getting through her day and then there's a big earthquake that happens while they're having a big track meet because all her and her two friends are on the track team in this issue she has to deal with the earthquake but the problem is her powers have been on the fritz and one of her friends ends up dying because she can't hold on to her so it was this was all about the fallout of that of being super but also not being able to save your friend and in the time she needed it it's really good it's just 
I don't understand what, what we're doing here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I didn't know any of that, Connor, and mm-hmm. I just and you had mentioned that it that it was good, so I gave it a shot. I think Supergirl being super is a interesting title. It's a this terrible title. Yeah, well, that I interest. I, I was adding sarcasm to when I said interesting. I paused and said interesting. Just um, making sure people are clear. Yeah, terrible. It's a horrible title. But uh, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really good. This was great. This was like uh, from between Mariko Tamaki's story, which is like heavy and like, you know, a teenager dealing with the friend dying and could have saved her, but not. Like, that's some heavy shit. And then Joel Jones. Joel Jones is fucking killing it with this book right like and like well that's what got me is that the action sequence in the beginning with the earthquake like big panels you know like two panels per page three panels per page four per page and they're just like and then and then it changes gear to grief and there's that one full page where she's crying or she's wrapped in the blanket but she's also got echoes of Kara Zor-El and you know this book really impressed me I don't know if it's a five but it was <laughs> cool. really good Go back and read number one. It'll give you a fuller picture of the world. And it made it even more devastating because you, you spend the whole issue with the, those three friends. It's up Ron and I's alley it feels like a teen drama that just happens to have a super-powered character yeah. in it. But that super-powered stuff is really immaterial to the story except for the fact that she couldn't save her friend. Otherwise, it's just them being kids. And it's interesting and good. Right. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was really, really surprised by this. And, and it was really, really delightful. I'll give it a delightful. It's not a five, but it's delightful. Hey, guys, why do you think it is that my head is so damn sexy? (laughs) Hello. That is a loaded question. (laughs) I think it's because of the Harry's blades I use every morning. I used one just a couple hours ago to shave my head. I didn't realize we'd gone back into character. (laughs) (laughs) For decades, guys, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. So two guys, Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys, just like you or me who are listening to the show, they were fed up about getting ripped Jamokes? off. Two Jamokes. <laughs> they were fed up getting ripped off, fed up going to the store and feeling like a criminal trying to get your razor blades out of the locked cabinet. They started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. They, by taking less profit than selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers blades at half the price. Just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more you'll pay the drugstore. And what do you get with Harry's? Well, Harry's razors include everything you need for a closed, comfortable shave, whether it's your face or your head or anything else you feel like shaving. You get weighted ergonomic handle. You get a five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. You get rich lathering shave gel. And you get a travel blade cover, which I appear to have lost. Oh, uh, it's, it's a must oh, have. I'm, I'm really a must have. When I, whenever panic I travel, I got, I got to have my cover for my blade because I don't want to cut myself. It's literally my favorite thing they've added, and I think I may have lost it. Is the travel blade cover your, that or the grip on the new handle? I, it's hard to argue with the grip because, as we've discussed before, I often have it fly out of my hands. However, yeah. the old, the old uh, really smooth handle. However, yeah. the travel blade is like it's revolutionizing it's- my travel case. It's great. But let me tell you, I'll tell you what, Harry's is a five, that's a five razor. Harry's a five. It's a five-star razor right there. So here's what you get. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. It's free. Just cover the shipping when you sign up. Plus, as a special offer to fans of this show, go to harrys.com right now, enter code iFanboy at checkout, and you get a post-shave balm. It's also free. So go to harrys.com, code iFanboy. That reminds me, I need to order more uh, shaving gel, cream, whatever that is, because I cannot live without it. Thank you, Harry. I get mine sent with my blades. When, when... Smart. That's smart. I should do that. I need, the thing is, I don't, I, I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I used to hate shaving. I used to hate the expensive blades and having them locked up, but now I actually look forward to it. So, uh, yeah. There you go. 
Check out Harry's. If you want a sexy head like mine, check it out. I always say if there's anything about Connor, his sexy <laughs> head stands out first. His sexy head's a five. Head's uh, a let's five. talk about revival number 47. Congrats. Um, congrats. congrats. That was a it was a six-year run? Something about that? That's, that's not how long they've been doing it. This was a, a more or less monthly series, independent, written by Tim Seeley and drawn by Mike Norton. Every single issue uh, this is a big, sprawling epic of this event took place in Wisconsin where dead people started appearing and the whole thing behind it for a little while. I'm not going to say this was the whole way through, but for a little while, this is one of my favorite series coming out. I I lost track of it a little. I never stopped reading it, but I I sort of was like, all right, I'm not sure. There were a lot of characters and it went on for a very long time. You know, so by the end, it wrapped it up. I knew, you know, who the main characters were, what their deals were and and sort of saw them finish up their journeys, which I really enjoyed. You know, it was, it was a strong, good ending. They went through the whole thing, and I'm, I'm glad it was a thing, and congrats to them for, for finishing it up. It's a great book. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely congratulations. That's that's a accomplishment. Electra number one came out, continuing Marvel's, uh, I don't know what they're doing in Daredevil, but making a run for building out the little Daredevil universe. We got Kingpin, we got Bullseye, now we got Daredevil. Art by Juan Cabal, or as I like to call it, maybe J.B. McKelvey. <laughs> I'm reading this and I was like, oh my God, this is like, I don't want to say it's a- aping the style, but it's really close. Like, like really close. Is it just a group of wands doing the art? Yeah, I guess so. Cabal of wands? <laughs> it's a cabal of wands. It's a secret shadowy group of wands. Yeah. But it it ends with arcade on the, on the as a splash page as the cliffhanger. So it's Marvel for you. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe. I was like, I was like, this really looks like McKelvey. Well, he's been around quite a while now. To, yeah, to, to inspire a whole look. Yeah, like very, yeah. very clean lines. Like, seriously, go back and, and go look at the preview pages or download it and check it out. Like, it is scarily Oh, wow. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at the preview. It is. Uh, right? Yeah. That's definitely McKelvey influence, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you made yeah. it, Jamie. Good work. Hey, look, it's the TV costume. Yeah. What a shocker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, synergy, Great. Connor. Synergy. <sighs> we got a new Hellboy story this week. You remember when Mike Mignola said, I'm going to retire from Hellboy? Right. He didn't mean yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. The Visitor and how and why he stayed from Mike Mignola and, and Chris Robertson. Did you see the artist, uh, Ron? I did. Paul Grist. I love, I I love, I me, love I me some Paul Grist. Yeah. Who is this? This is kind of, like, it felt familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. Basically, the story, like we get to go back again to young Hellboy, and an alien has been sent to dispatch him before he becomes the destroyer of worlds. Um, but but he stays his hand. He said something about this little demon that is not what we think. I'm gonna and, and his, his bosses are like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm gonna hang out and watch him for a while. And so you just sort of see him and you see this guy in the background of all, a lot of Hellboy's adventures as we go through this. The first issue. So he's not a character you've seen before. I don't know because when he's in his alien form, he looks a hell of a lot like Abe. Which yeah, is, I, I was uh, very really confused about that. Yeah. But no, he's not somebody I've seen before because he's following him in human form and he's always sort of in a. You know, Phantom Stranger kind of. No, that's not. Kind of like the like Fringe, like the characters in Fringe, the Watchers or whatever their names were, the Observers. Yeah. So is this gonna be like an overview of his life? We're just going through Hellboy's life for this length of this. I think it's gonna kick in, is is my guess into what the story is and how they meet because they sort of brought us up to not necessarily present but sooner. Bill Crabtree on colors, which I thought was interesting. Not Dave Stewart. Aren't they contractually obligated to have Dave Stewart do all the colors? I don't know. It was weird. I was, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. So right away, I don't care how good you're doing, Bill Grabdry. You don't get a fly for that. 
Ouch. You'd literally have to be a different person. And it looked great. I well, I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to tell you, but I was like, What's happening there? I also wanted to mention loose ends. Again, I think number one came out either while we were away or while I was off. You were not here. We talked about it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm not yep. I'm not behind on the show. Okay, then you pretty <laughs> much got it covered. This was super fun. Uh yeah. I mean, it's, it's grim it, it, and ugly, but really good. Well, what's funny is that these—I mean, these are re, these are reprints. So I'm glad yeah. that more people are getting to read it, and, and it won't be like I want to see the fourth issue, which wraps it up and finishes it. But yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm so so happy to oh, see did this. Did it not uh, finish? No, yeah, they they got three they got three out, and then they stopped, and so they're bringing it back and, and then finishing it up. Well, yeah, I hate to make the obvious you know conclusion, but if if you like Southern Bastards, you should read this. Yeah, yeah but I was I caught up on these two, and I, I really I really dug them. Uh, Action Comics number 17. I ordered this poorly. <laughs> yes. Just get on with it. Tell me who he is. I don't want to read this anymore. You're going to get it. Next month, Superman Reborn, the crossover that tells it all. Okay, well, here's my question for you, Connor. Sure. Did it seem like the Clark character changed entirely in this issue? Yes. And I didn't like that. He's He was more weird. He was more... He was way more weird. Desperate and strange, and he wasn't like that before. Right, and the part that made it interesting before was that he wasn't. He was just Clark before. He was a, he was a copy right. of Clark. Completely yeah. straight up. There were no, like, red herrings. There was no clues that, hey, this guy's a little off. And that's what I thought was interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they wrap it up. Or at but least they, if they had made a, a continuum where you started to get slowly weirder and got weirder and weirder. He just suddenly got weird here. Which I guess can happen, but it just was not very satisfying from a dramatic Yeah, but even that would have been, like... I don't know. Would have been dis- I liked that they weren't doing that because that's the obvious thing to do. That's the standard. Hey, he's acting a little strange, isn't he? I don't know. And then it just gets worse and worse. But this was out of nowhere. I was like, well, what happened to the other guy? You're going to get an answer soon, I think, I hope. Yeah. Did you guys read Curse Words number two? No. I did. I liked it a lot better than the first issue. I'm pissed off still. There, there are no inhumans in it. What could, what could the possibly Met, be the problem? Are there more problems? So this picks up that he minimized the stadium where the, the New York baseball game was going and there's a scene where the people walk out of the stadium, and Connor, it's clearly the stadium's facade. It's the Yankee Stadium's facade. Uh-huh. And as someone walks oh. out, they're like, I don't know where we are, but we're not in Queens anymore. <laughs> and not only that, but the, the, the building itself is shaped like the Mets Stadium, not uh, shaped like City Field. some things that you can do. There's some liberties that you may take. You may yes. not conflate the Mets and the Yankees. Go screw. Listen, Ryan Brownie, you're playing with fire, and you're going to get burned. That's all I'm saying. This is a Chicago shot across the bow is what it is. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. You know, we'll get those New York guys goats. What? No, that's what he's saying. Oh, that's what he's saying. Oh, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha, you. Yeah, I, I did. I, I really I enjoyed this issue a lot. I, at the end of it, I wasn't sure if I was going to dig it. At the end of this, I was like, all right, I want to see what happens next. I was I was on board. That's my right. that was my. All right, cool. Fair enough. In terms of the flash number 17, I've been talking about every issue. And the Rogues uh, storyline has been great. And then sometimes on like on the Flash TV show or even the Flash comics, the Flash runs really fast and then hits a wall. <laughs> yeah. And that's what this issue did. You know why? Why? Because I had three freaking artists on it. Yep. Rotating through. And Carmine DiGimenico, who's been the artist on the arc, and then David uh, David Gianfelice, and then Neil Googe. And one Gooch. of these things is one of these things is not like the others. Uh, Di Gimenico and Gianfelice, I could see some, like, okay, there's some style there, but then you get to the Googe pages, and it's like Gooch. a completely different style. 
and I it, it, and like I shook my fist at DC Comics for doing their biweekly shipping and taking what has been a great Flash arc and giving us Green Arrow inconsistency on the art yeah. in the same issue. Not even not even have Googe or somebody Gooch. else do a whole do a whole. I like that you, you correct me every time. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, correcting. I'm just I'm echoing it like yeah. Googe. Yeah, not have Googe do the whole issue. Don't give me because because Digimedico and Googe that's a Gooch. spectrum of different Gooch. style. It is. Yeah. Was Gooch on the Avengers 4.1? No, but uh, Barry Kitson was. And really, the only reason why I mention this is just fantastic. You know, it's Untold Tales of Spider-Man-esque Avengers story. But this is the issue where kind of the, things have been going bad for the Avengers. And Quicksilver's legs are broken. And Hawkeye's giving him shit. And <laughs> Quicksilver yells, throws a lamp at Hawkeye and says, I won't take advice from a thieving carny. <laughs> 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 and and as far as I'm concerned, I was like, that, that could be pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that's a five panel. <laughs> yeah, that's a five panel for sure. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was bummed that we don't do the weekend panels because the thieving carney panel would have would have been right up there with the mix and the wops in Astro City. So <laughs> there was a weird thing in this issue where whenever Barry Kitson would draw them with shadowy eyes, they would just color their eyeballs black. Yeah. Which I, I thought at first I thought there was something strange going on, like they were possessed, and then I just realized that was just them in the shadows. But it was weird because only their eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, and it threw me off. That's weird. Yeah. Gooch wouldn't do that. Deathstroke thirteen. I wanted to mention because inexplicably, Deathstroke is wearing his classic pre fifty two costume in it. Oh, that that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, they do mention at one point he's dressed up like uh, I think they say call him a pirate or something. Uh, it's his swashbuckler costume. They mentioned a couple times, like, so why are you wearing that? Why are you wearing your old suit? And they just never or explain. Oh, jeez. But it was great because the Deathstroke suit, the classic suit, is awesome. And fuck it. We're putting him in the classic suit. Do you think he just drew it like that? And then they, like, added those in later? I don't know, but I, I, I like, really cover hope for it? there's some sort of, like, quiet revolution happening. Oh, I think so. People are just like, you know what? I can't do this shit anymore. I'm just going to turn in these pages. <laughs> what are you going to do? Redraw them? We don't got time. This is a bi-weekly book. <laughs> If all the artists agreed to do that, That's you true. got a ball game. It's not quite a union, but it's a it's a moral union. You guys need to you need to form. Right. It's a mo- yeah, moral. They're definitely union. not going to be able to form a union. We've no. seen that. But if you all band together and refuse to draw these, you know what? I'm not doing this this week. You can't make I've me. I've already gone too far. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so those are the books that we discussed, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, the pick of the week was the patron pick. And if you did not vote in the patron picks, it's because you're not a patron. And you can do that by – you can become a patron by supporting iFanboy. Go to patreon.com slash iFanboy where you can sign up to become a patron, where you can get in on the action, vote every week for a book that we're going to talk about on the show. It doesn't have to be the pick of the week. Sometimes this is the first time that happened, but uh, it helps us to uh, pick a book maybe that we're not reading. You can do all that at patreon.com slash iFanboy. Uh, you can also go to iFanboy.com slash support where there's a link to go shop on Amazon. So uh, as we're heading into – we're getting closer to summer – Soon it's going to be swimsuit weather. You want to buy your bathing suits. Bikini weather. Bikini weather's coming. It's right around the corner, folks. I know it's February, but I'm looking outside in New York City, and it's 70 degrees right now. So I, I figure I'm going to be hitting the beach soon. So, so the garbage uh, smell is coming out, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the link there takes a little bit. Amazon sends us a little little. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of money for in return for sending you over to them so it helps us out in the process so you're going to do your shopping anyway so go do it there on Amazon or if you'd like to make a direct donation you can do that via PayPal that link is there as well on ifanboy.com/support and we thank everybody for their support you guys keep the lights on at ifanboy HQ and we love you for it do you think of Bartles and James whenever you say thanks for your support i do not actually i, I feel like i feel it. like that time is gone no it's yeah. just ingrained in my head forever all right
Well, now is the time for our favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the patrons and their superpowers. Every week, we thank some of the people who have supported us on patreon.com slash ifanboy by giving them our own special superpowers. Maybe they'll be great powers. Maybe they won't. We're about to find out. I'm going to go first. I have Thomas Litchford. I don't know if Thomas is a fisherman, but if he was, he would find out that he always catches a fish. <laughs> Every time he goes, he's going to catch a fish. So does, might... he, does he just stick his hand in the water and or he gets just... a fish? Or... If that's how he chose to fish, yes. Okay. It's with whatever means that people are fishing, whether it be a net, whether he's throwing a rock, or he's just a traditional rod and reel. Like He always catches one. Never catches him empty. Does he have to be specifically fishing or like he goes swimming and suddenly he's got a fish? He's like, God damn it. No. I mean, that might happen just sort of as a reflex. Right. But that's not they're not necessarily attracted to him. It's for whatever reason. It's all it's almost like Karnak of the inhumans. Right. Oh. You, love Kar- you love Karnak. I do, I do love Karnak, who's actually not an inhuman. He's yeah. not? Nope. Is he's not terrogenesized. What is, what is uh, he, he just been since the I, I went through this whole thing when one of the issues lately and I was like, What? I thought that they had changed it, but it was always the case. He'd never he's not he's not an inhuman. What? <laughs> yeah, we'll with, we're gonna have to deal with this later. I know, that's how I felt. Oh my god, it says according to Wikipedia, the character Karnak Mandarazor was never exposed to the Terrigen Mist, so so never developed additional powers like other inhumans, but he is a martial artist who can find weaknesses in anything and then uses his training to and strength to exploit it. That doesn't make any sense. He's that makes no sense. Let's let's get back to the fishing. <laughs> okay. Who said that he wasn't a who said that? Because I don't believe this, to be honest with you. Okay, right, we're, I'm not, sorry, go on. we're not doing this. Yeah. We're not doing this now. Connor, you're next. Yes, Ron Buckman III. Thanks for being a patron. Ron's powers are informed by his name in that three of his senses are super sharp, but when he can make them sharp, he can't use the other two. And he can, be, he can interchange them depending on what he wants. Interesting. You're really trying here. So if he wants, like, I just thought of it right now. If he wants super strong eyesight, hearing, and touch, he can't taste anything, he can't smell anything while that's happening. Interesting. And that's a conscious, that's a conscious switch. Yeah, he can change them. He's complete control over his senses, but he can only make three strong at a time, but when he does, he cancels out the other two. I don't know. Doesn't put fish on your line. <laughs> Doesn't put fish on your line, no. <laughs> it makes the fish extra tasty, though. Sure. Or not. <laughs> right. Depends on the quality. Is this a guanas fish? fish? No comment. I love a guanas fish. It makes me feel all tingly inside. Mm. So there you go. That's Ron's power or curse. Power or curse. Uh, I want to thank Raven M. Fields for supporting iFanboy. And Raven M. Fields has the ability to live in a world that has no inhumans in it. <laughs> so whenever he, whenever he watches Shield, they talk about Inhumans. It just goes blank and nothing happens. Like his his reality is Inhuman free. He has no idea what the Inhumans are. Never heard of them. Yeah, nothing. And he's just like, what are you guys talking about? He doesn't even know. And then and 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 the the the, the tragedy of this is that while saving him from the horrors that are going on today, he missed out on that great Fantastic Four run of Jack, Stan and Jack. Oddly so, enough, that's the classic Lee Kirby twist. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> Great power, but Uncle Ben's dead. Well, it's yep. terrible. Yep. All right. Well, Nick Duffield uh, has dog ears. He's got big, <laughs> floppy dog ears. <laughs> not, that is just a physical manifestation. Not like he can hear. Does he hear better? Yeah. Oh, okay. All of the components of the dog ear, inside and out. He's got dog ears. 
Oh. What kind of dog ears? Could be like, is it like Cocker Spaniel I'm, dog ears or like I'm Doberman s- dog ears? I'm seeing Beagle. <laughs> He's got Beagle ears. Yeah. That's great. He's got be- yeah. He's got beagle ears. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, thanks to everyone who's Six, a patron. Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. You can uh, sign up there for, at a five dollar up level and get your own superpower every week on the show. Yes. Let's do some emails, shall we? Greg from Oakland, California. I have been thinking about an aspect of this question since I was fourteen or fifteen, and I'm thirty-four now. But since Marvel's continuity has been tied to the reaction of World War II, as in a lot of characters' origins came out of it or were retconned to the historical event, would it make it harder to reboot? Is DC more malleable? I feel like, like, yeah. Well, no, they've never never actually done the full reboot that DC's done. What they've done is they've, They've you know, like, they've retconned, yeah, like the Punisher wasn't in Vietnam, it was Desert Storm or, you know, like shit like that. You know, and and uh, yeah, Nick Fury was around in World War Two, but now he's on the moon, and now here's Sam Jackson, who's Nick Fury. Don't question it. Yeah, it, I, yeah. Good. I don't know. I mean, other than Captain America, really, he's just, I mean, everyone else has been changed. The invaders aren't super important to the current status quo, or like you know the human torture, or even Namor. Really, my thought is that I really, really like the connection to World War Two for both story reasons and historical reasons. Like, the, the context of the fact that these comics were made during that time and these, these are the characters that came out of it is really interesting to me and the history that goes along with that. So it would suck if that went away. And I think it could. But if it did, I don't know that I'd blame them because, you know, I mean, the movies are around. It's not going anywhere, so. They're yeah. stuck but, with I mean, Magneto's this... connection to yeah. the Holocaust. That's one of the fewer... Yeah. Which it gets kind of ridiculous with him because... At least Captain America, yeah. there's a reason why he's young. Yeah. He's frozen in the ice. Yeah. I mean, it, it, realistically, if you think about it, we're, what, tw- like, I'm not so good at math, but we're 20 plus years away from that being 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, in 20 years, are we still going to, is that still the linchpin of the Marvel Universe, you know? Um, I don't know. Like, 23 years. You, Rod, years so be. do they explain why Magneto is not a 90-year-old man? Is no. It, they just... I don't want them to. I think that's fine. No, I don't either. But I'm just curious if they have because they've done it with other characters who have connected to the to World War Two. Yeah, um, I forget. I, I, Wolverine, he, I Nick Fury, Captain America is is Natasha, the Black Widow, Nat- still a World War Two character. She was, or at least the Cold she was. Well, I think they've changed that or whatnot. Yeah, because um, her her origin was always kind of shadowy anyway. They can futz with it more because it wasn't so integral to who she was. But obviously, she's a Cold War era character, and even if that was the case now. We're out of the Cold War for, you know, almost 30 years. So that would make her 50. Right. But you have to. Like, you you have to. Like, I don't see a way around that. You have to slide the scale of time. Yeah. If you're going to keep the characters eternally young, then that's just the case. We've still got the stories. Right. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think they've ever de-aged Magneto. They, for a 100-year-old, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, they've killed him and he's come back and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think they've ever gone there. I think they've they've really uh, kept him, you know, tied to the Holocaust. Uh, That's rough. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, if, if they haven't done it now, but the other part of the question is: Is DC more malleable? And I was trying to think if DC's characters outside of the Justice Society are tied to World War Two, and then but there's, yeah, I mean, they're all sort of Atomic Age, you know. That 50s Eisenhower Cold War era. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Hal Jordan is the one who's out of place because he's the test pilot hero, but that's not something that's been a hero since the 60s. 
Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, there are still test pilots. They just aren't in the popular consciousness like they were then. So DC it's, just has fewer ties to that era other than the one team that is ageless anyway. So and they're not even around DC, anymore. But DC in a lot of ways, you know, like their, their whole thing is set up around. They don't have real cities. They have made up cities, you right. know, whereas Marvel has New York or, you know, wherever. And so, in general, it's easier for them to float float along like that. It probably is easier for them to reboot and change things because those things aren't necessarily as integral. There's always been a crime ridden city that Batman could come out of. And they just kind of got rid of the Justice Society anyway. I mean, they're not yeah. they're not around at the moment. As far as I well, know, they have right? the other Earths that they can they can right. switch to. Yeah, yeah. So does Marvel. They just don't play that way. Yeah. I mean, the thing. Yeah, the, I don't know. It, it makes my head hurt. Let's move on. <laughs> Next email is from Lexi from Pennsylvania who writes in and says, I just finished this week's podcast and I thought I should let you know that contrary to current theory, you do have at least one listener out there who's also pulling double duty as a mom. I've been reading comics and downloading the Pick of the Week podcast regularly since the summer 2008 when the guy I was dating casually introduced me to your show as a barometer by which to measure my potential coolness. Whoa. You you guys made me laugh a lot, so I kept listening, and I guess my coolness factor turned out to be better than average by whatever standard he was using because he ended up marrying me. Now we share a two-year-old, and I'm stepmom to his 11-year-old. We both remember the Blackest Night number one debacle. (laughs) We all do. And occasionally the thought of middle management Red Skull still makes us laugh. So here's to the Pick of the Week podcast, making moms out of cool girls since 2008. And that's fantastic. And thank you very much, Lexi. And that's great to hear that we have uh, at least one mom. In the I was audience. not wrong. You were not wrong. But he I, I got I, I to get Lexi. Not wrong. I got to get Lexi on a technicality. Okay. Because we specifically say, tell your mom about the podcast. And I no, wanted no. to know if. That was the original thing, and then last week we changed yes. it to say any moms. Oh, they're just any listening. moms, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. you're right. You're yeah, yeah. But still, I would like to find a mom that has been turned on to the podcast. Or just yeah. I, want, I want a mom review. I want I want someone to make their mom listen and, and record her thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Lexi, that that's awesome. I'm so glad that we are a weird part of your relationship with your husband. <laughs> I don't think I'm comfortable with us being used as a barometer for romance or for coolness of any factor. Because look at us. Whew. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe at that time we thought we were cool, but now we know. Yeah, now we know. We know better now. 2008. That was... That's nine years. Nine years. Nine years. You just turned 30. I know. You see, the thing is that we're not aging like Magneto. (laughs) No, no. God, no. If you want to have a fun time, go look at message boards where people try to make sense of Magneto's age. So that's a fun time. Have you posted on there often? I assume no, can. I haven't. Anyway, so you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, that's the best way to get on the show. You can send us your email. If you are a mom, please let us know if you're out there. Uh, you can also send an audio file in an MP3 format if you want to get a voicemail on the show. We love hearing from you. Thank you. I got to tell you, Lexi, you made, you made our day. I mean, yes. we were che- when the email came in, we, we were immediately in Slack going, did you see we got an email from a mom? <laughs> so, and that shows you the barometer of coolness that we are keeping for ourselves. <laughs> For the last time, we're going to mention that this was the month of podcasts. You can go back on the feed and find all the shows we did this month, including Ron and I talking about Riverdale, Ron and I talking about Powerless, me and the Animated Brain Trust talking about Justice League Dark, Ron and I talking about Legion, three of us talking about Lego Batman movie, Josh talking to Judd Winnick in a Talksplode, and next week, we have Logan, next and possibly final appearance of Wolverine in the movies. It comes out on March 3rd. There'll be a show sometime thereafter. And so with some grouping of us talking about Logan. Our friend uh, Gabriel Hardman storyboarded that film. That's correct. Yes. Your comic, um, book also, connection, your comic book connection is that Gabriel Hardman storyboarded it. 
and not the and fact it's that it's based Wolverine. on the it's based on Wolverine. <laughs> I, I do want to go go listen to that talks below with Judd Winnick. It was a it was a really great long conversation. We talked about all the different stuff that he's done in his career. We talked about the real world a little bit. It was a really good fun creator conversation, and I'm I'm quite proud of it. I think you should go listen. So there cool. you go. We will be back to a less crazy schedule moving forward for a little bit, um, but this was a quite intensive six weeks for podcasting. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff. Yes, so check that out on the feed behind this show and then Logan next week. Yes, and head over to ifanboy.com where you can find links to all those podcasts in the show notes and the commentary and comments from you, the listeners. It's good. Let us know what you think of all those. We like, to, Like I said, we like to hear from you. If you're on the social media, you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow us at, at ifanboy on Twitter, and that's how you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And if you want to find out what the patron pick is, become a patron and you get this ultra secret list of the rankings, the voting, the ratings, 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 rankings, rankings. 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 So yeah, that's another reason, Googe, another reason to sign up for Patreon to get access to that. But you could follow us for free on Twitter at Jay Flanagan for Josh at Ronixo for me and at CS Kilpatrick for Connor on both Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram is a hoot because every now and then you could see me trolling Josh. <laughs> every now and then daily. <laughs> It's not a post there much. And uh, you can also go to uh, write a review for this show over at iTunes. Again, if you're a mom, I think that's weighted more heavily, but we won't know. You're going to have to mention that with that. Uh, or you can leave a rating at, at any of those places. Better yet, tell someone. Tell. I mean, we covered the mom thing, but start with them. Start with moms because that's really our – we used to have a goal. We wanted to have a 1,000 ratings. We need more moms now. Start with that, then tell other people about the show. Uh, again, every time we see somebody say, what podcast are you listen to? Uh, and, and one of you uh, tweets, you know, like, oh, iFanboy I is one of my favorites. I've listened to forever. That warms our hearts. That's just a wonderful yeah. thing. Um, so, so do more of that, please. And, and thanks for all who do. Indeed. That all right. So do. until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Uh, I'm... Uh... <laughs> You know what? That that Connor voice totally threw me off. I was going to say a thing, and then I was like, oh, I don't. What do I do with that? I googed it. Googe. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to make his name that. That's horrible. That, yeah. No. Have a sexy week, everybody. <laughs> it, it's so not sexy, but creepy when you do it. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's. I, I think you're doing. I think you're doing that on purpose. Yes. But it doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> With my body, body, I scream or reply. Anything's acceptable. Just ask me, and I try to help with hesitation. To help with the real.